This episode is sponsored by the Learn Jazz Standards Inner Circle. If your goal is to level up your jazz playing this year and feel confident improvising over jazz standards, the Inner Circle has everything you need and more. With monthly jazz standard studies, a library of powerful courses, and a vibrant community of like-minded musicians, you're guaranteed to improve your playing every single month. Podcast listeners can get 50% off their first month when you go to ljsinnercircle.com. That's ljsinnercircle.com or find the link in the show notes. Now, on to today's episode. One thing that's become clear to me over the years getting to know the community here at Learn Jazz Standards is that a big reason that a lot of us play music and a lot of us play jazz is because of that infectious joy that it brings to our everyday lives. Like there's just something about music and I would say especially jazz that just gives you this sense of freedom and this real sense of accomplishment as long as you view it as a journey and something to be constantly learning from. And so I want to introduce to you today a really special guest, someone who was an alumni of my 30 Steps to Better Jazz playing course and a podcast listener, Shirley Jansen, who is just someone that gives a lot of great energy, someone who really exudes the joy of music, exudes the joy of learning. And we're going to get inside of her head how she learns best, what she's doing in the practice room, and you know what she is doing to continually improve as a jazz musician. Let's crush this thing. Welcome to the LJS Podcast, where you get weekly jazz tips, interviews, stories, and advice for becoming a better jazz musician. And now your host, he's a jazz musician, author, and entrepreneur, Brent Bartstra. Hey, what's up, everybody? Brent here from LearnJazzStandards.com, which is a blog, a podcast, and videos all geared towards helping you become a better jazz musician. Welcome to another episode, episode 205 Learn Jazz Standards podcast. Excited that you are here. Uh, excited to talk to one of our community members. Like I said, 2020 is the year of community here on Learn Jazz Standards. We're getting to know people who are part of the community, who are students of my courses, who are listeners of the podcast, who follow the blog, who follow the videos, you know, people that make up this community that I call Learn Jazz Standards. And there's so much power in learning from each other. And uh, Shirley is really someone who I'm excited to introduce you to because she just, uh, like I said in the intro, she's one of those people that just exudes good vibes and good energy. And anyone who uh, has been a part of the the 30 Steps to Better Jazz playing course and has seen her comments or was going through the course with her knows uh, that that is so true. So we're going to jump into that interview in just one second. Before we do that, just a little announcement. I'm really, really, really excited about my brand new uh, ebook, and physical book. This is the first time I've ever doing this. That's going to be coming out later for pre-order this month of February 2020. It's called Jazz Improvisation Made Simple. And uh, this is this is what I would I believe, and I've said this before in the podcast, but I believe this is the first self-help style book on jazz improvisation and learning jazz, meaning it's not a method book with exercises and a ton of notation. I've done plenty of books like this. This is really the book. Uh, when I wrote this book, I was thinking, what what would be the book that I wish I could read if when I was just getting started, you know, like what would I want to have read or even in my formative years of developing my playing, like what book would I want to read? And that's really what this book is. It's full of strategies. It's full of stories. It's full of um, really a lot of great information. Uh, It is right now passed on from my editor 
onto the designer. Um, it's getting formatted. And uh, I, in the newsletter last week, I shared the cover. I mean, it's it's really great. Selling it for the first time on Amazon. And this just gives me the opportunity to kind of sell it for a little bit of a cheaper price um, and just get in front of as many people as possible and do the physical copy of the book, which I'm really excited about because I've never done a physical book before. Um, so yeah, if you want to get to, I'll be announcing that on the podcast. So keep subscribing, keep listening when that's available for pre-order. And then finally, when it's actually launched. Um, but the best way to get really in touch with all of that is to be signed up to the newsletter. So learnjazzstandards.com forward slash newsletter is the best way to get signed up for that so that you are in the know of all the happenings, including this book. All right, enough of that. Let's jump right into my talk with Shirley. Okay, so welcoming on the show today is Shirley Jansen, who is a tenor saxophone player and uh, retired from the uh, working for the federal government of Canada. So welcome on the show, Shirley. Thank you so much. It's great to be here with you. I am really excited to have you on the show today. You uh, are someone to me who really embodies the spirit of why we play music, the spirit of of uh, the excitement of playing music. And I know this all because uh, you were a part of my, you were an alumni of my 30 Steps to Better Jazz Playing course, where you were an active part of the community and just posting your progress. And it was always exciting uh, to, to watch you. So um, first of all, thank you for that. Thank you for your spirit that you brought to that community and to that group. Um, and people still who are in the course get to, get to see that too. So that's also kind of special. It keeps living on. Um, so I'm excited to talk to you and, and pick your brain uh, because there's so much that people can learn from your journey as I saw you going through that course and just can learn from you as a musician. So um, let's just get started right away to get to know you a little bit. So Shirley, tell me about who you are, what you do, and maybe what got you into music and in jazz, if that was an immediate thing or eventual thing, and uh, just love to get started with that. Well, sure. I'm glad to tell you that. Um, I actually had an accident five years ago where I tripped and, and fell and my hand turned inside out actually and oh. I broke all the fingers on my left hand so the uh, hospital um, physician or the, the the therapist that work with your muscles and tendons uh, when I was finished they suggested some ongoing do something right to to uh, keep it active and moving so um they suggested a whole lot of things, sports and music and you name it. So my brain started to think like when I was in high school, I played the trumpet for about three years. Uh And so um, I thought, yeah, I should get back into music. I would love that. So my nephew happened to be selling his professional saxophone. And um, here it was a shiny custom Z Yamaha tenor sax. Nice. And I offered to buy it. So that's how I got started playing the tenor sax. Okay, so about five years ago, you started playing the tenor sax. Right, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's amazing. And so before that, you, you were working for the the, gov- the Canadian government. What did you do? What did you do then? I worked in Aboriginal Affairs Canada, but I wasn't doing any music, really. Um, right. It's always in my heart and soul and my spirit, but I don't know. It just I just didn't do it. I don't know why, but... Um, this thing catapulted me right into it and it changed my whole life actually in a good way. 
Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. So may, I would love to dig into that a little bit. So like what, what were some of the, what was some of the impact? Cause obviously it sort of sounds like you had this horrible accident, which I'm so sorry you had to go through that. Um, but then music seemed to be, it, was it an outlet for you? Like what, what, how, what, what, uh, I mean, it's, that's a big thing, right? It's a big thing to happen to you. And then that seemed to be something that was, you know, bringing more joy and happiness in your life. Am I on the right track here? Oh, absolutely. I, I can't tell you enough how much joy and happiness that brought to my world. I downloaded from the internet how to do the fingering on a saxophone. Mm-hmm. And I started right in. And right away, um, because I did it in high school, it wasn't hard. I could read the notes and so on. But I knew to join a bunch of groups. Yeah. So that was really helpful for me to. I joined um, a community band, and it's a 60 piece band, and I'm still in it today, so it's great. Um, and so it's like an orchestra. And so we practice and rehearse every week, and we have about five or six gigs every year. I also joined a jazz band, and it's an 18-piece jazz band. I don't know how they put up with me when I first started. Maybe I didn't play very loud, but uh, I'm still with them today, and that's an amazing, amazing experience. So that got me on the road of jazz, joining that group. Wow, that's awesome. And I, you sent me... Uh you sent me a picture of a recent gig that you did with a band. What what band was that? I mean, first of all, you look like in this this picture. I wish people could. Well, I mean, maybe if, if if I get your permission later, I'll I'll post it in the show notes. But um, it you know you 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 look like you're having a pretty good time on stage, just blowing your sacks. And you uh, know what? It was amazing. It was a wonderful experience. The band's name is Badaboom. And so if you um, look in YouTube, Badaboom and the word Bowie, it was a, a David Bowie. Uh, tribute. Oh, that's awesome. And so you can see there's three videos there on the YouTube um, of us performing at that function. It was really, really, really fun. Yeah, oh, it looks like a it looks like a pretty exciting gig, you know, the beautiful stage, blue light, uh, and there you are <laughs> yeah. just playing your saxophone. Um, I know. Yeah. Well, it was stirring me really. Um, the the main feature, of course, was our vocalist, and she was amazing. But um, yeah, I was just so privileged to be invited to be part of their their band for that gig. That's awesome. So, uh, uh, a question I want to ask you, and I think maybe it's probably tying into a, a little bit of what we've already talked about. But one one thing that I think is really important to ask, um, and I always like to really ask my students and people who listen to this podcast to consider is like, what is your why? Like, why, why do you play music? Why do you play jazz? Like what, what is it that keeps you going? Cause I believe that if, if we kind of have that solidified in our head, that kind of can help us set actual goals for our musicianship that can help us um, start to build frameworks for actual improvement. If we're always keeping the back of our head, well, this is the reason that I started doing this in the first place. Like this is the reason I do it. Well, what would be your why Shirley? My why would be it brings such an inner joy. Sometimes just doing the music, playing, practicing, and listening to, say, Stan Getz or some of the greats mm-hmm. from saxophone, it brings tears to my eyes. I just, uh, It just speaks to my soul so strongly. Yeah. I, I remember Stan Getz, from, the, from you being in the course, you, you were all about Stan Getz, and you were working on a Stan Getz <laughs> solo, right? What solo? Right, but now I'm I'm off on Lester Lester, Lester Young. I'm well, that going. makes sense because Stan Get Lester Young was uh, Stan gets one of Stan gets his biggest influences, right? Exactly. Yeah. Um. So what what is it about Lester Young and Stan gets that that you like so much? Well, the smooth, cool, 
uh, yeah. calm, beautiful tone and the whole, all the songs they played. Um, yeah, I've, I've been working on um, listening and listening and listening yeah. and then just playing it back by, by memorizing it, I guess, and um, trying to learn the language the way a child would learn the language is listening and, and trying to play it back, so... Yeah, absolutely. Is that is that something that you did have a lot of since you started playing saxophone, listening and copying other players? Do you know what? I didn't do it ever until your course. Oh, okay. And uh, I learned I learned a lot of stuff in that course, the thirty days to better jazz playing, and um, just doing that course made me post it all online too, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it was so. Uh, exciting to copy the great like I, I did I couldn't believe how it made me feel inside just feeling like I was Stan Getz or something right and yeah. now I'm Lester Young so I yeah. can be anybody I want <laughs> I, isn't that cool yeah it's a cool feeling and it's also sort of when you're learning solos from from other musicians I feel like there's a couple things that happen like number one when you when you're in the process of doing it you're sort of like Wow, how did they improvise that? <laughs> yeah, for you know? sure. And then like number two, the feeling of feeling like you're them for a second, right? You're like, wow, like I'm actually, you know, taking part in this experience. And then number three is, you know, maybe when you go to take a solo yourself, you're you're not you're the goal isn't to, you know, play verbatim what they're doing, right? But Sometimes something magical happens where you're like, oh, wait a second. That sounds like something Stan Getz would have done. Has that ever happened for you? Yeah. And um, Just Me, Just You, Just Me by Lester Young. Yeah. And I think it rips along like 200 BPM. Oh. So I put it in a slow downer program called Transcribe. And yeah, um, yeah I totally feel that joy and feel just for those moments, what it must have been like to actually hear him in person. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So what, what are some other things? So you're doing that. You're, is there like a specific solo by Lester Young you're transcribing right now? Yes. I'm doing just you, just me. Oh, that's when you Oh, okay. Yeah. That's when right. you said, how's it right. going? It's really difficult um, because it rips along so fast, but I do slow it down. Right. Which and, is great. Um, I just I'm just crawling at it because I, I don't I'm not very fast. That would be maybe one of my challenges, where I'm trying to get better at hearing and then reproducing it on my horn. Yeah, right. Yeah, gotcha. But slowing things down is really helpful to do. I mean, like back in the day, they didn't really have those kinds, of, you know, that kind of technology to do. Right? They were like backing up on record, re like records, you know, end up wearing <laughs> out the records from moving the you know, moving it back and forth. Um, but now we have cool slowdowner software, right? That can be really helpful. Um, what are what are some things that you're learning from Lester Young solo right now? Um, I think the phrasing is really important ah. for me. I don't have a jazz background, so yeah. I don't hear the I don't hear phrases or you know, if you're called on to improvise, you need a a, a backlog of phrases in your mind. Sure. So I feel like um, that element I need to work on. So that's really helping me get the phrasing. Right, yeah. Licks and different ways of approaching it. Right. What is your musical background, by the way? If it's, if it's not jazz, what, 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 what's, uh, what was the music that, that you were listening to before? Um, well, just high school stuff. Okay. We did some marches, you know, the typical high oh, school. Oh, gotcha. Oh, yeah. gotcha. Okay. Yeah. 
Oh, okay. That's cool. Yeah. But I'm putting in overtime, really working on, on, on getting this. Cause I, I work on it three hours a day actually. Yeah. And, um, uh, yeah, that's another thing that you, of course, and, and your podcast actually taught me is how to practice, how to mentally approach practicing. Mm-hmm. And that has had the largest impact on my musical growth. I got to say. Okay, well, that, that's that's amazing. That makes me feel good as a teacher. Um, so yeah, no kidding. I'm glad, I'm glad to hear that that's had such a high impact. What what about? Can you tell me a bit more about that? Like, what what about the process, or what what kind of things? I guess are you implementing as far as that 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 you feel have been so transformational? Well, um, starting a number of years ago, when I've heard your beginning pro- uh, podcast on. Um, how to practice, you break it down into different sections, uh, you make goals for yourself. So that's one of the first things I started when I started learning my saxophone, I broke it down into goals, and I got okay. out my pen and paper and made some goals. And um, uh, I think too, just um, breaking it down into manageable components where I know what I'm going to do every single day. I don't have trouble. Like, what am I going to do for three hours? I know perfectly well what I want to accomplish. Right. Because I think what happens is like, there's so much to learn, right? And then if you, if you don't break it down into smaller pieces and understand how each piece builds off each other to reach what you're, what you're trying to do, I mean, it could be so difficult and you could end up, you know, you know, maybe wandering around my podcast or YouTube and finding one thing and then going to the next thing the next day, right? And then you're you're not really making as much progress as you could. Don't you know that's exactly me. I was I was listening <laughs> to everybody and taking notes and trying to determine what to do, right? Mm-hmm. So that really helped me have direction and meaning in, in what I was doing proceeding forward. And so if I have a day where I'm really struggling in my practice, say for example, um it feels really hard or I'm just not getting to where I want to get. One thing you've taught me again is when you're struggling and really working at something, that's a good thing. Yeah, absolutely. It, you're learning and growing. Don't just do the familiar. Yeah. So. Well, um, yeah, I had another um, course student um, from another one of my courses uh, um, who and another podcast listener on a couple episodes ago. Um, well, at least at the time this, this episode to come out. Um, and he, he said, uh, he he said something similar to that, like you know he uh, that that seemed to be a similar sentiment. So I'm glad to, to hear you say that. Um, you have all these little notebooks where I divide it up into days, and I write down thirty minutes at this, thirty minutes at that, and I have it all all pegged out. Yeah, yeah, that's really helpful. What were so you mentioned that you kind of start with your goals, which makes a lot of sense to me. That is what I teach, right? But so, what what are what were some of your goals when you first started? Like what, when you, when you sat down and said, "All right, I'm, I'm going to what what would I really want to accomplish at the end of my jazz saxophone?" You know, not at the end because it never ends, right? But what do I what am I trying to go for? What were well, some of those one goals? thing I joined was um, the community jazz jams. Mm-hmm. And right away you learn, oh, man, I don't know any of these, right? right. So one of my goals was to really um, learn a lot of the jazz standards because I loved going to the jams and I love playing it. So um, that was one of my goals. Um, another goal was to start a band and or nice. be in a band. So um, the two I joined and then, believe it or not, I started a band. Nice. And um, it was like herding cats, these professional cats, right? <laughs> but Brent, what what I didn't know, the piece that was missing is the cat herding the cats part is the hardest. Okay. 
they had a, a whole lot of really good musicians lined up. But then um, the piano player got sick and couldn't uh, continue. The drummer ended up in the hospital. Oh. You know, like stuff happens, <laughs> right? Right, it does. <laughs> and so I put it on hold for the time being. But, you know, you see your dreams and your goals starting to happen. It's pretty exciting. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So it sounds like to me right now, you've accomplished those goals you originally set out to do, right? I mean, you know what I did, I did. And I'm still working on them. Like the, the jazz standards, I meet with a guy from the jazz band. Mm -hmm. And we, um, we, we put on some standards, uh, you're playing background music, or um, we try to hit the thirds and sevens while we're playing it instead of the melody. Like we work on stuff together. So that's really helpful too. That's awesome. And, and you know, not a lot of people have that too, like to have someone where you get to practice doing that stuff with. Um, right. And yeah. so I think that that's actually a real uh, important aspect of, of learning how to play better, right? Is if you can have another person to play with, not just by yourself, right? Have someone else. And to that's really cool that you have that relationship where you could be like, hey, let's just play the thirds and sevens. Hey, let's try the chord tones. Hey, let's exactly. loop that part a little bit. Um, that's, and you know what else we do cool. is um, we put on your podcast in the background. How did Brent do the chord changes for this? <laughs> you know how you've highlighted it in blue and, and green oh, yeah. and all this. And so then before we meet up, we decide what songs we're going to do. That's cool. And highlighted ourselves before we get there so we know the chord progression. That's that's awesome. Uh, well, yeah. I feel humbled. Um, thanks for... Uh, yeah, no kidding. The, you've made the hugest difference, actually, in my whole music world. And I oh, have wow. high appreciation and regard for you. I'm oh, just so thanks, honored really. to, to be here today telling you, right? Oh, that's... Yeah, well, I, I appreciate it. I'm, I feel honored to be with talking with you. So it's it's a mutual feeling. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I mean... that. I guess what excites me when I'm when I'm hearing you talk and I'm thinking about the other the other listeners right now is like you're someone that started playing five years ago, right? You, I mean, and this is not even just started playing jazz. This is like playing saxophone, right? Is that did I get that right. correct? And yes. you've already started to achieve all of your goals, um, and it sounds like you're having a blast doing it. I'm having such a blast. It's just wonderful. That's awesome. So yeah. I, I know you, so it sounds like you are working on some jazz standards and with a friend and you're, you're working on a solo. I'm wondering what other things are you working on like right now in general when you go to practice? Okay, well, the first 30 minutes, I work on a book called Taming the Saxophone, and it's a whole cool. lot of arpeggios, circle of fifth phrases, um, the harmonic and melodic um, runs that I work on that, and high neighbor or thirds. Mm -hmm. It's all a, a huge book. I think it'll take me over a year, so just to get through that book. Yeah, but that's pretty helpful. And also, I'm working on Hal Leonard. Okay. Um, his book called Jazz Saxophone. Okay. And um, so he's he does chords, extended chords, improvising. Um, the, uh, coming up next is for me uh, in the book is the harmonic and melodic minor scales. Uh, I think whole scales, diminished scales, all that sort of thing. Yeah. And hearing what it's like to hear the different modes. And he's got like all these little licks are in, in all the different modes. So it sounds like this is like a lot. So you, this is like a, a lot of technique that you're working on here with, you know, getting your fingers running scales and, and being able to navigate your instrument better and even applying that to some jazz improv, right? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. Awesome. So what, what, what else are you working on? 
Um, let me see. Um, I think that's about it. Okay. Um, I'm not in a course at the moment. Um, just the technique part, the Hal Leonard, the solos, um, well, and then all the bands I'm in. I do like half an hour a day on different pieces from my bands because the jazz band is really, really a challenge for me. Yeah. Well, yeah. It, it's it's interesting because in my mind, like your um your practice session really hits on what I call the big three or what I call the three pillars of jazz improvisation, which are technique, right? Right. You're working on all these books that are just helping you play the saxophone better and and even integrating it into your improv, which is usually ideal, right? When you can actually you know bridge the gap between the two things. And then you're working on repertoire, right? So you're working on learning new jazz standards, uh, especially with your friend. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you're learning a Lester Young solo, which I, it's jazz language, right? That's number three. So technique, repertoire, jazz language, and you're like nailing all three of those. You taught me. Oh, okay. Well, I, I didn't. I didn't know that, but the, I'm. I'm glad that you're doing all those things because it to me, I'm just like, ding. That's that's everything. That's everything you need to do. Um, that's so awesome. So I don't have to worry so much. Am I hitting it right? Um, because I have a teacher like you that is showing me what to do, and so I have an assurance of knowing I'm on the right path. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. that's and that's helpful to have like mentors and and to have. And to, or even to have friends too that that are showing you what to do, or you know, being an, ex- an example too. Like absolutely, I do have I, a teacher as well. Yeah, and that exactly. That's mm-hmm. and that's really important. A saxophone teacher, I'm assuming. Yes, yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't go really often, but what I I take it away and work really hard on what I've been given, and then when I feel like I've sort of mastered it, I go back for the next that's, challenge. That's perfect. Yeah, I, I like to. I think of the. I do those kind of things too. I, th- I think of them as musical doctor checkups. So you know, I go. I go to the musical doctor every once in a while. Uh, you know, he or she can tell me. You know what? What? Uh, what? You know what's going right? What's going wrong? And then I'll check back in later after I apply some of the stuff and feel comfortable. Um, exactly. Yeah. And I usually do that with teachers of my own instrument. You know, just because it's like, well, you know, what. You know what? What should I do on my what? What on my? I'm a guitar player, right? So what? What should I do on my guitar to hone my skills a little bit? Um, yeah. So it sounds like you're you're doing a bunch of amazing things. I want to ask you of all those things that you're working on, what would you say is the thing that's the highest impact for you? Like, what is the thing where you're like, you know, everything's great, but this one thing I find is just really helping me more than others. Is there something like that for you? Yes, there is. I have to say, it would be accountability. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like when I took your course and Mm -hmm. we had to upload the videos um, of, you know, what we, uh, our assignments. Yeah. um, Having to upload that and the accountability (laughs) made me just fire through it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And also like um, in the jazz band, you know, we all take a turn having solos and, um, you know, I'm just driven to work on it because I want to contribute in a good way to the band right yes mm-hmm. absolutely i couldn't agree more with that um and i think that's why this this year on the podcast um and really learn jazz standards in general my, my real goal because i, I kind of learned this over the years and it, it really actually hap- happened a lot from witnessing some of my course students uh, or courses like uh 30 steps to better jazz playing being one of them where i, I was seeing that 
some really positive things were happening when community comes together, right? I was seeing that, you know, even though it's an online space, it's not an in-person space, that that area can still have so much power too. And a lot of people have said the same thing you're saying, right? Like having record, like recording yourself, you know, not only does it have a bunch of other great benefits, right? But that feeling of like, hey, look at that person recording themselves. So now I'm going to record themselves. Or like you said, you know, I'm in, I'm in my local band, my local big band, and, you know, w- we get to communicate together and knowing that everybody's going to have the parts ready makes me want to work on the parts more. Um, and, and that's why, you know, Learn Jazz Standards, I'm really focusing on community this year because that's, I mean, that's so powerful. Um, so I'm glad to hear you say that. That sounds, um, sounds, sounds like you're doing some great things with that too as well. Well, working with my buddy as well. Um, you oh, know, yeah. We- have to have things prepared so you don't just show up. So, um, yeah, just drives you to be more prepared and just put yourself out there in a really positive, good way so you have a good thing to contribute. Yeah, that's amazing. Wow, you're, I feel like you're you're living a, a great life. I'm like, man, maybe I, I maybe I want to live Shirley's life. <laughs> Sounds like fun. <laughs> I do have the life, and it centers around music. I love it so much. That's fantastic. What is something right now in your playing that you're, what would you say is like one of your main roadblocks? Like something that you're like, oh man, I keep feeling like I'm stuck here. If, you know, if I could just get over this one thing or if I could just get better at this one thing, I feel like, uh, you know, things, my playing would be better. What, what for that do you think? Uh, well, I definitely have one. Um, when it's my turn to do a solo yeah. uh, with the improvising, um, I feel like I hit weird notes sometimes or, you know, um, I just want a really solid phrasing, a solid background on, on how to, how to improvise. Yeah. So you feel yeah. like you, you, so, so in general, you, you feel like you're not always, I'm just trying to understand a little better. So you're not always able to navigate the chord changes as well as you'd like, or. That's right. That's exactly it. Or, or you yeah. seem to almost express too, that you, you play quote, and I put this in quotes, quote unquote, wrong notes. Right. And you're like, I want to play less wrong notes. Is that, is that kind of what you I'm know, hearing? I'll hit a weird note and I went, what is that note? <laughs> that doesn't fit in at all. Right. But um, hopefully there's less and less weird notes as each year goes by. <laughs> well, and I think you said it right there as the years go by, because like, if you look at what you're doing with practicing, you're doing all the right things, right? I mean, you're doing all the right things. And a lot of times it's, 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 uh, it's time and pressure, right? You know, the more time, the more you focus on something and, you know, this isn't obviously doesn't apply just to music or jazz, right? It's like everything, you know. Eventually, you you learn you learn a bunch of Lester Young stuff, and you learn a bunch of Stan Getz stuff, and you work on some theory, and you can, and then you work on some ear training, and you you know play learn jazz standards, and you, you keep doing that, and you eventually you just have no choice but to start hearing things better and start connecting chords better and you know if you outline the chord changes to a, a j- to jazz standards like all day long by just simply starting with chord tones and then using guide tones and then uh you know maybe applying some scales and then you're learning jazz language on the side pretty soon you know the notes are just in your head they're just there you're not even thinking about it they just start to spill out on your horn you just start playing I want that day for tomorrow not you know <laughs> I, <too> I, <laughs> I, I i can relate to that i tell i've told i've told this story a, a lot probably on this podcast but the, uh, a teacher that um was really instrumental for me when i was uh well, i guess i was in high school or at the end of high school more so um was the great jazz guitarist bruce foreman um from los angeles 
and you know it was kind of this period where you know i had i had okay improv skills but you know kind of a little elementary like i i i wasn't sounding like the heroes that i was hearing and i listened to so much jazz and music i kind of knew what i wanted to sound like like i knew that oh man i i, I want to sound like west montgomery or john coltrane or miles davis or winton kelly all these people right or stan getz right. I, lo- I used to love listening to, i still like listening to stan getz and um, so it was hard for me because I, I was really motivated and excited, kind of like you are. Mm-hmm. And I, but I, I just wasn't playing the things that I would, that I, that I knew I wanted to sound like. And so Bruce, uh, my teacher, he, he could always tell that I was really frustrated. He was like, oh man, you know, I was like, would shake my head after a solo. Mm-hmm. Like you could tell that I was down, right? That mm-hmm. feeling yeah. of like, oh, I'm not playing. And he just told me after he uh, like a, a session one time, he said, he's like, Brent, you know what? Just play from where you're at now. And what he meant by that wasn't that you should not try to get better. Like that's obviously not he was what he was saying, but more so enjoy just being where you're at and enjoy, enjoy the journey. Enjoy the journey. I, that's what he yeah. was trying to say. And that's, yeah. it could be so difficult, right? To, to have that patience, um, but luckily for you, you sound like someone that is just having a great time and that's, what's going to make the whole thing fun. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, for sure. I'm having a great time. And when I, I think, um, I've accepted that I'm going to make weird notes sometimes. Um, and I'm just going to go with it. You know, I'm making less weird notes than maybe last year. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's, that's exactly all you can ask for. Um, and the other thing, it's kind of cliche thing to say, but you know, whenever you hit a quote unquote weird note or a wrong note or whatever, um, you're really only like a half step away half from a, a away. Yeah, yeah, from a good one. So um right. so here's one exercise. I tell a lot of people to do this, surely. Um, but and maybe I've told you in the past, I don't know, it's because I you know, tell a lot of people a lot of things. But um one thing, it's a it's a really simple thing to do is to just start improvising and play. I, I, I say play free, but a lot of people misunderstand that for playing avant-garde, and I don't mean that at all. All I mean is just start improvising melodies. No chord changes in your head. Now, you could play chord changes if you want, but just mm-hmm. sit down maybe at the beginning of your practice and just start playing melodies, whatever you're hearing in your head. Now, mm-hmm. if you hit a quote-unquote weird note, the, the fun thing about that note is it's now a challenge. Now you're simply trying to continue a melodic idea off that. It doesn't matter if all of a sudden it shifts into another key. You're, you're, you just go with it, right? And you just improvise. If you spend like 10, 15 minutes doing that, um, you'll start to discover, first of all, it's very liberating, right? You'll feel freer. Um, you won't feel so much tension when you hit a wrong note because you're just being like, ah, okay, well, I'll just create something from that, right? But it's also training you to start recognizing that those moments are not inconveniences, but they're opportunities, right? You hit the wrong note, but really, you know, you can make up for that easily by playing another phrase. It could be completely out of the key, but somehow you resolve it to back in the key. Right. Um, so that's a good practice to try. Just maybe give it a shot. It's it's a simple exercise. There's not much to it, but that's actually the point is that you're not supposed to think. You're just mm-hmm. supposed to play melodies and it doesn't matter. Um, 
So you give that a try. And one thing you well, could thank you. I will. Yeah. One thing you could also do with that is since you have a practice buddy, you can actually practice doing it together. Um, and it, again, it doesn't necessarily matter uh, what one person played to the next. You can say, oh, you play for a little bit and stop. And then I'll play for a little bit and stop. And it doesn't matter what you're playing. It mm-hmm. just matters that you're feeding off of each other and what you're doing. And it can be a great creative exercise. That sounds really good. Thank you for that. Awesome. No problem. Yeah. So, and of course, everybody listening can also try that. Definitely give it a shot. Um, well, Shirley, I want to thank you so much for just spending time talking to me, with me today. You're one of those people where uh, I just get very good energy from. So it's, 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 <laughs> I love talking to you too, Brent. Thank you. Yeah, so I'll be, you know, we'll have you on the show maybe sometime in the future. We can check in on you, see what you're up to. Um, but thanks for being on the show, and I'm wishing you just all the best on uh, your practicing and your, your musical journey. Well, thank you so much for all the input you've had for me, too. All right, that's all for today's show. Thanks for listening, everybody. Appreciate you. Uh, you know, if I always say what my biggest takeaway, well, there's a lot of big takeaways from today's episode, but one thing that really sticks in my head is a, a limiting belief I talk about in my Jazz Improvisation Made Simple book, which is, again, like I said at the beginning of the show, it's going to be coming out for pre-order later this month of February 2020. Uh, I talk about this this limiting belief of... You know that I'm I'm either uh, too old to get started playing jazz, or or you know I just started too late. So maybe you're maybe you're not even in uh, the you know the generation that Shirley is. Uh, maybe you're um, someone who's in their twenties or thirties, but you still feel like you know it's too late. Well, guess what? It's not right. Sh- Shirley is a testament to that. Five years ago, she started playing. Five years ago, she started playing after a, a big injury. And she's absolutely crushing it. A couple of weeks ago, we had Bob Pettix on the show, who in his late 50s started playing jazz and music. He started playing the bass, just like Shirley, not, not even just playing a style of music, the actual instrument. And he's crushing it too. And they're both having a ton of fun. I hope that's encouraging for you. I've heard from other people uh, that heard that last episode that that was encouraging for them. So I know that they're going to be encouraged today by Shirley. Um, so I uh, hope that you got a lot out of this episode today. As I always ask, if you've been enjoying the podcast for a while now and have not done so yet, please leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to the show. Tell other people why you like listening to it. Just help the podcast in general. Of course, share with a friend uh, if someone is not listening to the show or there's an episode you think can help somebody. And of course, if you've never subscribed to the show before, hit that subscribe button. What are you waiting for? I don't want you to miss any episodes that are coming out. As always, we're going to have another great episode for you next week. So uh, keep subscribed and stay tuned till then. Happy practicing. Cheers. Thanks for listening to the LJS Podcast, brought to you by LearnJazzStandards.com. Subscribe to the series on iTunes, and don't forget to join our jazz community at LearnJazzStandards.com forward slash newsletter. Hey, podcast listener, would you like to ask me a jazz question and get it answered here on the show? Then go to learnjazzstandards.com forward slash ask. That's learnjazzstandards.com forward slash ask. 
I look forward to hearing your question and answering it on a future podcast episode. Learn jazzstandards.com forward slash ask or find the link in today's show notes.